0: Company Watch Financial Analytics. Hello, and welcome to the Company Watch podcast. I'm Jo Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood in person, in person today, which is very exciting. 72 Zooms, and at last we meet
1: face-to-face. Yeah. It's,
0: lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. It's um, lovely. And as you all know, Nick is our financial and commercial risk analyst. So welcome, Nick. It's lovely to have you in the office. It's a real pleasure. Um, we're recording today's episode in the afternoon of Friday the 5th of November and as we promised earlier uh, in the week we were all set to um, to give some commentary on the uh, much-anticipated MPC meeting which has turned out to be a slightly damp squib. Yes, I, it, really? I have
1: to say Joe, I'm sort of reminded, remembering what today is, that um, this was a bit like um, uh, what might have happened with the the fuses in the thirty-six barrels of gunpowder under Parliament, <laughs> and you also have to look back um, to the last couple of days in, in Parliament and wonder if, wonder if, to be honest with you, it isn't a shame that
0: um, uh, that the plot won <laughs> Quite, it's been it's been a, quite a tumultuous week, I think, hasn't it? Quite a lot of um, things going on and then being undone, um, or in the case of the Bank of England, just deciding not to do them in the first place. So. Um, <laughs> We had the, the 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 meeting actually. The MPC took place on the second of November, and we were discussing this earlier on, thinking actually it's quite interesting given the fringe of speculation there was. Even yesterday morning, I was reading the FT that the consensus market mm. market definitely consensus was that it was going to go up to 0.25% yes. base rate. Economists actually were almost getting there as well. Um, their communication strategy I think has been much commented on, hasn't it? At the Bank of England. Yes. Um so there was and and the frenzy of anticipation had had been really stoked by Hugh Pill, yeah. the new chief economist, and, and Andrew Bailey himself yeah. saying that they needed to act on, on interest rates. But um as we know that they decided to stick where yes. they were
1: <clears throat> by seven to Not
0: not really close. to two. And the interesting thing
1: that Andrew Bailey allegedly, and I use that word carefully, allegedly voted to stick um, rather than to to raise because he didn't want to be on the wrong Mm. side of the argument, which would have put him in a really interesting position if they'd voted not to raise, but he had, Mm. you know, so... Uh, to some some extent he's, he was in a really difficult um, position and I'm not sure what that tells us about what he really thinks
0: No and I think he's still I mean he, the, the subroquet that was applied to um, Mark Carney back in I think 2014 about being the unreliable boyfriend obviously was dug out again for, yes. um, for for Bailey and you know they seem to be saying well we will raise interest rates we've had um, Danny Blanchflower on the Today programme this morning saying that this feels like a nonsense if on the one hand you're saying there's no point in raising interest rates because it takes 18 months to um, to filter through and And inflation, we're expecting to to kind of come back from the 5% high. How can you say anything about what you might be able to do next month or the month after? But, um, you know, and I'm sure there's some subtlety that I'm perhaps missing. But on the face of it, it does seem um, like, again, that they've kind of stepped back. And there's a really interesting, Adam Stones, my colleague, um, who listeners will be familiar with, reminded me of um, of a podcast that we both listened to back in, I think, July, possibly even last year. but I, I forget when it was when it was released but it's with a, an episode with um the former federal reserve chair um paul volcker who from basically in the 80s was responsible for, for taming inflation in the in the us um, and the 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 problem there was slightly different or the, the approach they took there was slightly different on money supply rather than interest rates but he makes a point that the reason that we're not worried about inflation is because the they know the federal act yeah. Well, that was true in 2015, and it was true until a couple of years ago, and I think that is becoming perhaps less true. And yeah. the lesson from that is that when you're seen to be not acting, it's very, very difficult to actually bring um, bring things back under control again. And that was the point, Nick, I think, your article that you pointed out last week in the yes. Sunday Times was making. It's
1: interesting. This was the David Smith in the Sunday Times. And just to remind everybody what we talked about um, last, last week, um, the OBR pointed out specifically in its commentary um, on on the budget that without a response by the bank, the inflation peak would be two or three percentage points higher than the 5% that they uh, are now admitting they see it going to Mm. 5.4%. So it could be 75 or 8.5%. And, of course, if that is the case, the longer they leave it, the bigger the chance that that will happen, and the more severe... The correction to the to interest rates or raising yeah. interest rates will have to be, and again, the OBR talks you know quite openly and saying you know if inflation hits five point four percent and it's still four percent in twenty twenty three and three percent in twenty twenty four, normal monetary policy rules say that the bank would have to put interest rates up to three and a half percent. So. You know, we, we I think, you know, Joe and I are collectively flabbergasted and, well, we're gasted mm. basically, flabbering and <laughs> yeah. that, that they could be quite so naive as to sit on their hands at a time when clearly the market was expected them to take action and the economy needs them to, but but it's, of course, yeah. it's
0: interesting, I think, about the uncertainty. It's also that one of the things on the um, in the MPC reports, I mean, they they talk, they kind of have a playbook of, of things that they go through: employment, um, GDP, and we'll come back to that. But business investment is one of the one of the paragraphs, um, and the, the 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 snippet that I picked up from that was that um, businesses invest investment intentions over the year ahead had remained robust, although to a lesser degree in the near term. Um, business investment had risen by 4.5% in 2021 Q2, but was still around 13% lower than its um, 2019 Q4 level. Yeah. And you just think with this uncertainty around rates, and, and again, we we're talking about the bounce back loan and CBILS loans, so bounce back loans are fixed interest rates, 2.5%. So anybody who's got one of those for you know the five-year year Repayment term, you know, is yeah. actually doing pretty well, but the seaboat loans are not fixed necessarily. I think some of them were being offered as fixed, but I think a lot of them were being offered as variable rates. And so having that, having a kind of strong sign of intention now could actually have just given a little bit of certainty to businesses in terms of of what where yeah. where the direction was, and you know this is we're, we're acting now, yeah. but then you could make decisions. With some kind of, um, with some kind and, of, certainty. and it's
1: particularly important that that businesses have some sort of clear signal about interest rates because uh, so many other things are moving parts in, in in what a you know what an entrepreneur is looking at, particularly inflation. So they don't really know what's happening. Inflation and inflation isn't five point four percent or four percent for every business. It might be for a for the consumer, mm-hmm. but it isn't for a business, and it could be. 12%, it could be 30%. You know, that's incredibly difficult to manage. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a blog about how on earth you manage in this sort of inflationary period. Now, so at least nail down the interest the interest rate. Yeah. I mean, and not an interest rate's really important because of the amount of debt that has been added to business balance sheets in. in the last in the last yeah. two years. So, you know, you can't, maybe the bank, obviously the bank can't influence inflation. As directly as it can interest rates. Mm. So just nail it down. Yeah. Give, give businesses some sort yeah. yeah. end of range.
0: Yeah, so we we um our, our big um our big look on that really has not turned out to be quite as big <laughs> as we thought it would be. There are just a couple of other things I might just um pull out. The um the GDP um projection has also been um was over-optimistic, let's say, in the August um, report. So I think before we were expecting in Q, almost actually end of Q3, beginning of Q4 to be back to pre-pandemic um, GDP. But now they're saying that's pushed out to Q1 2022. So um, we'll see again. We've obviously got the December report to come out. And and to be fair to the bank, um, and we knew this um, from the last report, the thing that they're really looking at is employment yeah. numbers. We've got some very preliminary um, information on the, the end of the furlough scheme. It looked interestingly, and again, this is very, very kind of early stage. It looked like there were still a million people on furlough when it closed in September, which is higher than I think yes. people were our bank was anticipating. Um, so they're saying that they will hopefully have more concrete data in in december, december. Um, but the employment rate again the unemployment rate is is nowhere near as as high as, as we had um feared and i think obr and various other predictors um had had feared it would be so that is a um that is a positive to to, to come out of this nick the other thing i think you wanted to to touch on was pmi PMI purchasing managers
1: index which is popped out every month by IHS market and the October figures uh, came out uh, yesterday I think it was um, and it, it's it's very interesting they show um, a really schizophrenic uh, picture not just within the economy but different parts of the economy or different parts of different elements of business activity let's take the overall first the uh, index was 57.8 in sept in october which is sharply up from september yeah. when it was 54.9 and it was higher there was a flash reading of pmi um a couple couple two three weeks back of 56.8 so mm-hmm. we're at 57.8 yep yeah. and of course remember any reading above 50 indicates that the majority of the survey respondents were reporting a growth in activity so The upshot of this, if you look at the economy as a whole, is that business activity in the UK hit a three-month high Mm -hmm. in October. And and the suggestion is that it's outstripping earlier estimates. Yes, I think that's true. Um, Indicating the economy reigns on on an upward trajectory. So all well and good. But then you break it down a bit. And the figures for services, which dominates the economy, um, are very good. So you've got um, the PMI in, index for services only was at 59.1 oh, mm-hmm. compared to 55.4 yeah. in That's... September. The highest reading since yeah. July, which is July was, was opening, wasn't it? Opening up <laughs> yeah. and, hey, life is back to normal. Yeah. Um, and the survey respondents noted rising business and consumer spending. And what the IFS, uh, what well, uh, uh, I've gone on to say IHS. IHS. Uh, mm-hmm. Not IFS, not, not <laughs> the spiky Mr Johnson. Um, uh, what they go on to say is, you know, the dominant service sector in the UK economy had a surprisingly good month in October with a strong uptick in overall output job creation and new orders as business and consumers began to spend again unfettered by lockdown and pandemic restrictions. But... L- br- Come now to manufacturing, and there's a very different picture. The manufacturing is struggling; it's lagging because of much greater supply chain disruption, severe shortages of material and labour.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean labour is affecting the whole economy now. Now apparently we don't have enough cab drivers.
0: Oh really? Is that the latest? Yes, least, that's the latest that's that's
1: thing. The <laughs> thing. <clears throat> there's could be a hundred thousand too few cab drivers, God. which of course has a has a um, women's safety issue which is outside our scope Mm. but what is interesting is that all the respondents talked about rising costs for energy fuel raw materials price increases Um, the reported input cost inflation from the respondents to this survey reached a record high 59 percent of respondents reported an increase in average costs in October compared with only 15 percent a year ago wow I mean it's only telling us what we know yeah but it's, it's telling
0: us yeah. these are people
1: on the ground running just
0: and as well we've got to remember I mean you 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 talk about this a lot but let's remember that the energy there's no cap on energy prices for businesses, the businesses. I know. And I and actually I saw in the FT the other day that there's still you know industry groups are really trying to get government to do something on, on this and that it's met being met with resistance yeah. um, so far. And I think that there is that kind of wait and see, let's see what happens with, with energy prices. But you know, it sounds like you can't carry on I know, much and longer. It's, and it's
1: very interesting, there's a sort of very core comment that in a way contrasts from the general bullishness of this. this announcement these these latest figures and this is the uh, economics director at ihs market who said about these numbers record rates of input price and output charge inflation appear to have dampened business optimism which has eased down to its lowest level since january but he still goes on to say and he's clearly in the the seven Rather than the two <laughs> on on interest rates, mm-hmm. he goes on his final comment is, but but uh, you know further evidence inflationary pressures um, out there, but those pressures still look predominantly to be the result of the adjustment pains of an economy emerging from hibernation, which should give pause for thought. So he's still in the this is temporary. Um, so he's not quite on the same page as most
0: of us, but it is interesting, isn't it? Because in the in the you know, then we kind of tie that back to the the MPC findings on what's happening with GDP, and mm. actually the, the growth seems to be slowing from the the yeah. indicators that the um, the bank is looking at. So it's clear. I mean, it's un- we've been saying this throughout the whole period, haven't we? Uncertainty, and I think I guess that's what seems slightly frustrating with the the MPC um, decision is that there was almost a chance to give a little bit more. Yeah. Certainty and guidance And they didn't take it And I think that's For, for, for businesses and, and going back to that Business investment point People are saying Yes we need I mean it would be shocking If they weren't mm. saying That we need to invest Given that there's been Such a drop off But it's not now It's 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 later And I, I, you know There's I, I know Will later I, ever come I,
1: I make a sort of what's, what's that awful phrase A read across Or a tangential link Or whatever On earth you call it To what I'm being told About Activity in the insolvency market. And we're not yet getting, as we said last time, um, the uh, surge in compulsory winding up. That won't happen yet because of the 21 day notice period that came mm-hmm. in on the 1st of October. But um, my friends and contacts in the insolvency world are saying that they are beginning to get really quite busy with advising the directors of companies who want to wind their companies up voluntarily. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, that's no doubt driven by the ending of furlough and the beginning of the possibility of, of creditors taking more enforcement action. But I find it difficult to believe that this sort of uncertainty about interest rates and, uh, you know, the possibility that the bank might push inflation higher by being tardy in, yeah. in, in reacting, I can't help feeling that could be part of the decision-making process of. You know the director saying, "You know, I still don't know where we're going. Um, You know, people aren't taking decisive uh, action to help. Maybe it's time to stop. Mm. You know." And and so, I hope that's not uh, a psychological trend. But as I say, there's there's a distinct boom, uh, boom surge Mm. in uh, in in directors coming to insolvency firms and saying. Uh, and we're not in some business rescue firms and saying, um, "Can you find me a buyer for this business? Is there anything obvious I can do to to turn this around? And if there isn't, let's just stop. Enough? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, battle fatigue yeah. is absolutely endemic. Mm. I was talking this morning to uh, one of the um, one of the leading uh, media reporters in uh, in the health sector, and you know, she she said to me. We're all knackered. We're tired. We're fed up. We can't see an end, to, an end to it, and they're just one step away from, you know, the health crisis. Yeah. It's exactly the same in business. Mm. You know, the that the people who run businesses do not need a gaggle of economists um, pontificating about where interest rates and inflation are going. They need some certainty, and then just and not some action.
0: It. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Nick, thank you very, very much for a second recording of the <laughs> of the week. Um, thanks to everybody for listening. Until next time, goodbye.
1: Goodbye.